Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer ad-free episodes, even earlier, then head over to lmtpod.com to find out how you can subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! One, two... Welcome to Let Me Talk, a Manchester City podcast with me, David Mooney, the Athletics Man City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. Hello. And for this episode, former City defender, Nader Manua. Hi, Hello. Nader. Hello, sir. Hello. If you're a new listener, then welcome. I've supported City my entire life. Sam follows City home and away with his job. He'll be flying out to Istanbul for the Champions League final when City face Inter Milan for the elusive Champions League title and potentially history-making treble, which is exactly what we're talking about today, Sam. Yeah, we're having a fairly in-depth look at how Inter set up so we're going into that game with our eyes open knowing how that could pan out and I suppose what Guardiola's going to do to combat that in terms of the players who they're going to be where they're going to play but more than anything I don't know keeping them calm and their use of the ball and that kind of stuff what do you reckon? Yeah I think that's fair do you reckon by the end of it people will be more or less nervous going into the game? More Okay cool We've done a good job That's that's the way we want it Yeah, crucially more clued up yeah. This is true, yeah. And if something happens that we've mentioned on this part, then just say, oh. yeah, these guys know what they're talking if, about. If, if those specific things happen, yeah. we're going to have to like, overlay the goal <laughs> highlights with what we're saying. And if they don't, forget about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's two down, one to go. The Premier League is done. The FA Cup is done. The Champions League, we'll find out on Saturday night. So, Inter Milan. Sam, how are you feeling? Uh... That, you know the classic thing that we always talk about of when the final whistle goes, even if it's like the middle of two legs or looking to the next game, and you think, oh, it's going to be easy, then they're going to win this, and everyone was doing it, oh, whoever wins out of City and Real Madrid, they're easily going to win the final, and all of that. And then even like when City then go and play like they did against Real Madrid, and you think, oh, it's going to be easy, and then the closer it gets to kick off, the more it's like, nah, this is actually going to be a bit grim. And they're basically like playing Atletico Madrid. The same thing happened in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah. As soon as we got nearer to kickoff, United yeah. got better and better yeah, and better. Then the game happened. Yeah, you know, oh, it's United. United are rubbish. Like every day of the year, apart from like Derby week, City fans like revel in the fact that United are nowhere near as good as City. And then you get towards a game and you're like, oh god. But that's that can be, that can just be worst case scenario thinking. But also when we talked about the favourites tag on the FA Cup preview show, one of the rare times we actually talked about football, like the the favourites tag actually, it's there for several reasons, but it doesn't really take into account those clashes of styles yeah. and the kind of team that you wouldn't want City playing against is basically this one. Yeah. And specifically Inter. So how are you feeling, Nadam? Well, let's jump on Sam's point. The type of team that you wouldn't want City playing against, explain that. 
Well, I think because they're so compacted. I think, look, so City are a different team now compared to, let's just go back to that Spurs game, you know, when there was the the most noise about Haaland and being isolated. But there have been games like that this season. And again, the the other obvious example maybe was the derby at Old Trafford in January. But again, that was when City were having their low period. So I appreciate it's changed. But in those types of games, when he does look cut off and isolated and City look short of ideas, it's against teams that have like, really surrounded him. I, I suppose even Real Madrid away from home, they didn't do it with a back five, but they did really surround him. Yeah, yeah. And this is into, yeah, they've got the back three, two wing backs, that's a back five. Um, three, not three holding midfielders, but three midfielders. And that's how they play all the time. And they can keep possession, they can dominate possession, but they like defending and they like counter-attacking. And I just think that compact unit against City, like City are well-equipped and I'm not saying they can't win. They absolutely can. Of course they can. But it's it's just a different proposition. And like we've the been fa- saying throughout the, the spring. The no-space thing. Th- yeah. th- like we've been saying throughout spring, part part of the reason for City's resurgence is you know the use of stones and how he can help create the overloads in midfield and get forward and join the attack and that kind of stuff. But a large part of it, from Leipzig to... I'm trying to think what period. Probably until like Real Madrid. Most of the teams City played against opened up or tried to like tried to press them, tried to play through them. The only team that really didn't was Leicester, but City scored anyway from, you know, second phase from a from a set piece, and then they got a penalty within two minutes, so the game was done anyway. But those kind of teams where they just sit back, those advantages City have got on the transitions, which they've got now with De Bruyne and and Haaland and all this kind of stuff, that's just not that's just not going to be there. So it it goes back to City being patient. And you know, if it's nil nil at half time, City would be like Inter would be happy, but I think City would be like, okay, well, we're follow, we're building through our process here, and that, that's just the type of game it's going to be. It's, it's going to be like playing against Atletico Madrid, basically. If there's, you mean, if there's no kind of midfield to overload sort of thing, what's the, like if Stones is stepping in alongside Rodri and and Inter aren't pushing out, there's no really, uh, there's no kind of well, huge advantage still, there, is there? I don't. I... No, I think you, you can still you can still use that because you're going to need if Inter are just sitting back and it's like ten men behind the ball, maybe even eleven. I don't know how ultra conservative they're going to go you're going to need as many people forward as possible but it's just that it's just that lack of dynamism isn't it like you can't you, you can move the ball around and be patient but if there's just loads of guys there so that deep in let's say a 20 yard space you, you do need stones and, and others obviously just to be up there and occupy spaces and try and pull them out of position which is something that has happened within to this season you know the goals they concede when they're kind of this compact block they've got to get disrupted and City are obviously very capable of doing that but yeah I mean you'd much rather they play a team I'd, ironically I'd rather they played like Liverpool or Real Madrid or Bayern in the final not Liverpool yeah Liverpool I know I know it'd be awful but in terms of well at least there'd be spaces to exploit and there's something a bit different I'd, yeah. I'd rather that because City have got that element to their game whereas at the weekend unless they manage to generate these counter-attacking situations but then that involves inter engaging them high up you know when they're bringing the ball out the back remember that Leicester game the whole thing we'd been used to watching City for about two months creating those transitions it's, in fact that Liverpool game when they won 4-1 and they were excellent yeah, yeah. creating those like false transitions from their own build up play because Liverpool and like, everyone else was like pushed up the bridge and like Jamie Vardy was like 40 yards from his own goal they weren't even engaging at all and it's okay we'll just come all the way up the pitch and th- just when there's little space it's just harder and Unless City score from like corners or free kicks or penalties or whatever, it's going to be hard to to break that game open. I, I don't mind it to be fair because I think it's going to be hard. 
in the Champions League final anyway, whoever yeah. you come up against. I think the team will have significant assets that have led them to be in that position. And what I would say in terms of the formation, whether it's a three or a five for Inter, if they drop off and whatever, I think if City can pin back five with three, then the numerical advantage does exist. And as I look at um, Inter's team, whether they play Lataro, uh, Dzeko or whoever, so that's a front two with Mkhitaryan behind it, I think. And then the two other midfielders, it's like, is it Barella? And Chalhanoglu. And Chalhanoglu. Chalhanoglu is, a, is like a forward-thinking midfielder. Mm. But they've, they've repurposed him as a deeper midfielder. Yeah, but that's, but that's not his, that's not his specialty. Mm. You know what I mean? If they had, um, what's the Croatian called? Brozovic. Brozovic, yeah, someone like he that. He might play. He might do, but he probably won't yeah, over yeah. Barella. But if, he, if they do that, you can see what their intent's going to be from the get-go. But it's a, it's overall quite an attacking. They've got a lot of attacking players on the field. Like even the wingbacks themselves like to bomb forward. Yeah. So it does present a different sort of scenario as to what we saw in the final against Man United, where essentially Fred and Casemiro are man marking the two tens for City. Inter Milan won't be able to do that. So the influence of like a Gundogan and De Bruyne should they both play becomes greater. But the roles of say Haaland and the two wingers also is quite important, even though they won't touch the ball a lot. Mm, yeah, yeah. So it might be one of those jobs where. You just have to put, like, to get really tactical, there's a significance between me on the inside shoulder of a fullback or the outside shoulder of a fullback. And I think City are going to try and play onto that because it will force, like, certain questions to be asked about, like, what are you going to do, what are you going to do? Okay, just go on, what do you mean? As in, say, for example, if Grealish is on the inside shoulder of the, say, right centre-back of the three, then it doesn't really matter. But if he's on his outside, outside shoulder, that centre-back will ask the wing-back to come back in. Mm -hmm. But if he's on the other side, the other wing-back can go and engage with somebody else and he can be free. So it's the value of little bits of positioning like that. Mm. Like, have they, have Inter Milan got control of you or are you controlling them? Yeah, That's like the benefit of, say, when you play a back four, when they play against a back four and Grealish and whoever stand on the touchline, the full-backs have to be edging out there, which then creates the gaps, like yeah, we yeah. saw against Real Madrid, <laughs> the gaps between the centre-backs and the wing-backs, uh, sorry, and the full-backs. So, it's, I can see the positives of Inter Milan's setup, but again, lo and behold, I think the game's dictated by who scores first. And I think City are cap more than capable of scoring yeah, yeah, first. Sure. And if they do do that, then at some point Inter will open up a bit more because I don't think the way, as I say, like United played, I didn't, I, I'll be honest, I thought United took a step back and they were concerned about City quite heavily. But then I thought like Fred overall did a good job. I thought Casemiro overall did a good job, although he's like a bit dirty or whatever. It, it was a, it was what you were saying. We we were texting during the game, and you were saying United have gone man to man, and that made it really well, in those, difficult yeah, in, that. In, in that sort of yeah grim, yeah, the grim sort of spell. Yeah. So I I was, spoke with De Bruyne after the game, and he was saying how it was tough. It's always tough when someone goes man to man, because you you kind of have to move in a different way. You put yourself in different positions. The risk is always higher when you have the ball at your feet because someone might just take it away from yeah. you. You can never get in comfortable possession. And so this next game, I think, becomes different because the one of the centre-backs might be told to go and engage with one of them. We can't engage with De Bruyne and Gundogan at the same time. So I think there's potential for a link-up. And yeah, it's like, I don't love City playing against back threes, back fives, but that's more so when those teams have great out balls as well. Like that's playing against, say, uh, Brentford with Ivan Tony playing up front. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because otherwise, when a team is just on the back foot, then they're, all they're trying to do is not concede. And they're not thinking about how to spring the counter attack. And I think overall, Inter Milan have potential for a counter attack. Yeah, no, I think. But it's not as big as other teams. 
Name the three, four players who were the key players on the counter attack for them. Or just positions. La- Lautaro and yeah. and well, the thing is that whenever whenever I've seen it described, it's like Lautaro is the file, the foil, sorry, yeah. for like Jeko, and it's like, well, sure, that's the other way around. But um, but yeah, those two, and then it, it's the the wing backs. It's the wing backs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's like what um, do they what did I, what did I see this morning? They they attack with they attack with six. Yeah, apparently. it's the piece. So it'll be the two central midfielders, the wing backs, and the two strikers. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean. It's not like the most defensive team, but then from a sort of like dynamism standpoint, like I'd imagine Inter Milan would be great in this game if they get lots of switches of play. Or say they're going down the left-hand side, they're about to get a cross in. And on the right side, Dumfries is coming in at the back post. That's their energy. Mm. But that's the energy of most teams that play in that sort of formation. But again, it's the sort of it's the it's the little battle that we don't really pay too much attention to. If Grealish stays up when Inter Milan attacking down the left, does Dumfries go? Yeah. Well, it depends what the centre back feels like. Does the centre back feel like they're going to be exposed? Because if he does, you'll call Dumfries back. So again, it's about who adapts their game the most to the opposition because the two styles are so different mm-hmm. that you can't just cleanly go and just say, oh, this is how it works. Somebody has to make an adjustment somewhere. And if it ends up that Grealish has to track all the way back, then that's Inter Milan winning that battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if City can have the right numbers in the right places, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the best way I think I can describe it is say if your team concedes a corner, do you send one player up to the halfway line, two players up or three players up? Because it shows whether you're playing like cat and mouse. Yeah. Do you bring everybody? If you bring everybody back, the team's taking a corner as one. If you send two, three people up, that other team has to think, well, we need to send three but or four back. There's a decision to be made. Do exactly, we like them? Yeah. yeah. Or do we try and have the numerical advantage exactly. in the Exactly. How much of that do you reckon is going to be dictated by what Guardiola wants them to do? And uh, how much of it is on the. I mean, with that, you would imagine those kind of things. If Guardiola wants 10 men back at the corner, they're going to have 10 men yeah, back at the yeah. corner. But in terms of like. Grealish tracking all the way back, that must be tactical as well, right? Yeah. But then obviously the way you're saying about Inter's defender calling the wing back back, yeah. there's obviously on the pitch influences as well. Exactly, yeah. Because as a defender, you're always you're always defending even when you're attacking. And if you see someone that's free in front of you, you make a decision, do I can I get to them or does someone else have to get to them? Because you're trying to stop that next attack. And Grealish is a very honest player, you know, he'll run back and so on. But because they're playing against wingbacks, like the wingback is technically in a different position to where Jack might be anyway. Mm. So Jack coming back and putting that work in to get there, it's not necessarily always the right decision because that role could still be taken by the Kanji Ake or whoever. But I think I think the bigger thing for Inter will be the switches of play because they'll believe like with the wingbacks being high, pass, 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 spray it. Then obviously all of a sudden you've got like a Lataro and a Dumfries running together to make a 2v1 for potentially a cutback to do this, to do that. But it's, you know, City have played against teams like yeah. before. You so, know what I mean? There's nothing new there. OK, we're going to take a very short ad break now. When we come back, we'll be talking about Guardiola's control of City's players in the biggest game of the season, and we'll continue to look at how Inter could try and stifle City's quest for the treble. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Could this be a game simply where Guardiola goes for his thousand million passes thing? And, and, and so. you know, we have, we have fans sitting there saying, you know, I want Grealish, I want Mares or Foden or whoever's on the wing to attack the fullback. And actually Guardiola wants them to take the ball give it back, take the ball, give it back. Just try and move players. I think it depends. If Grealish gets the ball and he's got Dumfries in front of him, I think he'll go for possession. But if he gets the ball and he's got a centre-back in front of him, I think he'll Might say, go, 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 go at him. But it's about how do you get them into those positions to do that. Mm. And ultimately, like the possession side of things, Pep won't say, oh, let's just keep the ball for the sake of keeping the ball. But they don't want to waste the ball mm. and they don't want to risk it in certain areas where they might be more open. But Again. Is it, I mean, is it a, a situation where Guardiola could look at it and go, you know, like we have to, we have to be really careful with the ball because if we, you know, if we, you talk about wasting the ball, it's about if you if you try and force the pass at anyway, the wrong pl- at the wrong time, yeah. he, he'll be aware that playing against a back three or a back five, you have to be exceptionally patient, yeah, exceptionally patient because the tendency will be there to get lots of crosses into the box, but Oof. you need the perfect crossing because that's what the other team will give you. When teams allow you to get the ball out wide, they're saying, well, cross it in because they've got bodies in there. Otherwise, they wouldn't allow you that opportunity. So you'd have to be patient and keep making the right decision. Like this, this could be a game where Haaland barely has a single touch. Yeah, man. Barely, but that's the way it would be against playing against any back five. It wouldn't be specific to City, specific to any team playing against this side. And in some ways, if he's not having a lot of touches, I think it's fine because it means other people are in other areas. If he's having lots of touches, maybe it's because he's not doing his job and he's coming deeper just to just to get a touch of it. But as a defender, if someone leaves me to go deeper to not affect the what game, if they might do that as well. Sorry, they might try that because I think something I've seen about them is because they've got a back five. One of the centre backs, if Haaland, whoever's on Haaland, and he drops, they yeah. will go with him. Yeah, yeah. 
And then you think, well, if you're trying to manufacture those spaces, at least you, then that, is, that is something. Yeah. But they but are very compact with the back four. Depends how far you go. Yeah. But I think we, the only way to figure out how it's going to work, and I'll relate this to the weekend against United. Like I say, I didn't mind the thing that United were going for defensively. I think it, it, it kind of showed the difference between the two clubs because City have their style and they make slight, slight adaptations. United didn't really have a style, so they made an adaptation based on what City do well. And defensively, they tried to take away two City players, but you couldn't say what they were doing in attack. That's like a flaw that they have. But I think for this game, City scored. Great, you've had a plan. Here's a punch in the mouth. Right Now, all of a sudden, you see the plan. But the plan would have been fine if it was nil-nil. Yeah. Um, but I thought at half-time, right, okay. I said this to Sam yesterday. It's 1-1. It's and usually, I'd be hugely anxious. But I thought City could get better because they would have seen what United were doing and make a tweak to try and change how it was affecting them. Because that was United's plan. That was their plan A. And they were playing their plan A as good as they could do. So for this next game, Pep might have an idea of what Inter Milan are gonna do, but you won't know until they do it. Whereas for Inter Milan, they've got a pretty good idea what City are gonna do. So they might try and make an adaptation to their system based upon that. And from when they do that, it sort of takes them away from what brought them to the point mm. that they're at. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so they, they'll do something well, but then if City see it, they could play, John Stones could go into midfield, John Stones could stay at the back. They could play with De Bruyne behind Haaland. They could play with Haaland alongside Alvarez. They've got so many little tweaks that they could bring in, which could change the nature of that game itself. Whereas I think for Inter, I think they'll be more reactive to what City are doing. And I don't think they'll be able to adapt in a way, again, which would make them potentially stronger. Yeah. Whereas I think City could. We saw on Saturday as well. City don't even you don't even need to make a substitution to make that change because you said to me there's there's something changed at half time. Yeah, I think I said that to Nenim as well. You can't so quite specify what it is. I'm not, yeah. Yeah. Switch on enough to know exactly what it was, but even going into half time because we had to do the blog on the Athletic and I was like Guardiola will be working out a way to to change this to to make this better, and in the end, that is what happened. And you'll always think you always just back him. I think we mentioned this on the show. For all, for all talk, for all people talk about um, money or having it easy, or I'd like to go and see manage a League Two team or it's whatever. It's because people aren't people. I don't watch enough City games, and also like myself, aren't savvy enough to know exactly what's changed and and to appreciate that. Well, he's made those changes, and every time somebody's thrown something at him, every time somebody said, "Well, this is a problem for you to deal with." And sometimes it's the same as previous problems. Sometimes it's completely new. He's always going to have an answer. And then in the case of the FA Cup final, United didn't really have an, an alternative. answer to that answer. Yeah. And it's, I suppose that will be interesting as well, because if, if City make one or even two changes in their setup, how many times can Inter keep adapting? And mm. it's like they are flexible and they do have a couple of different things up their sleeve. But if it's something that's already been seen, then Guardiola's probably been on top of that. You know, he had two days off at the start of last week. So even leading up to the FA Cup final, when he spent most of the time watching the interclips, so you know he's going to be building up that that bank of information, and then once he knows what they're going to do, he just kind of applies what he knows and what he can get his players to do. And there's it's almost like endless. Po- it just it's, this isn't true, but it feels like there's endless possibilities for what Guardiola can make his players do. Yeah, I would I would agree with that because it's the players that they have, it's the way in which they can play. Because you see Gundogan play higher, but he can just come and get the ball yeah. deeper as well. So if he comes and gets the ball deeper, De Bruyne could then really sit in that 10 spot and be moving around. Whereas most teams don't have that element of flexibility, you know, or you could just keep Stones in there. 
I was even thinking you could put De Bruyne over a bit on the left because you know you were saying about how you're going to get yeah. Grealish up against the centre back rather than the wing back. So like if you, if all of a sudden De Bruyne is over there, they're thinking, ooh, yeah. we got to pay attention to him, and then Grealish can come inside a bit because obviously you're not getting that. You're not getting an overlapping wing back. Yeah, full. You know, you're not getting to get Ake pushed right all, all the way up or Akanji even. Yeah, I think this games like this are the ones where somebody scores from between like 15 and 25 yards out. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh I think, did we say that before? I, I feel like it's going to be, this is the type of game. Did we say that on one of the previews? I feel like I, this is going to be the said, game I've not where, said that. Where like De Bruyne or like Rodri or something scores from outside the box because especially when you've got, this is something Juan Marlio was saying when we did the columns with him during the World Cup and he talked about how many goals that has scored. He was talking specifically from pullbacks to people towards the edge of the box because defenders now are so concerned with being compact and defending the goal and being deep, even if it's on a slight transition or whatever. But they're obviously coming all the way in with the runners. and then But then when the, the ball gets pulled back and you've got somebody arriving from the edge of the box, I remember at the start of the season there was the Arsenal-Tottenham game. Yeah. And I think Partey scored from outside the box. He did, yeah. And there was something in Arteta's celebration. He either, he either pointed someone or point, someone pointed to him. And I, I'm fully reading into this, but I, I remember thinking... That's something they've worked on. Yeah, for they, they, a couple times. They knew that that Spurs defense would be so like deep obsessed into, with yeah. being deep and just defending their goal that you, you kind of forget the space on the edge of the box and party arrived into it and scored. Yeah. And I feel like that could be a bit of a game breaker. What I would say in, in regards to that though, it's like from a defensive standpoint, it's not like obsession. It's like it's the right place to be. Yeah. Because okay. imagine if a cross is about to come in and you're higher than say the ball is. Like you go into a position yeah. where if the ball was yeah. played, someone well, should like, yeah, be you, you go in with the runners because you've yeah. got to go with the, the runners. Only, the only if, if someone taps it in, someone goes, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, why, why are you there? Uh, but the only way it can sort of change is if you do have the three at the back. But what I would say again with Italian teams overall, Italian mentality, like they're very specific in terms of where they'll need to be. So it might be case if the ball's on, on the right side, cross about to come in, you might see Barella drop in approximately 3.5 yards or sorry, we'll say three metres away from the six yard oh. box and this one saying what they're probably saying you know uh from this position and behind him is this person exactly this distance behind him is this person exactly this distance because it's so specific mm. like it seems like i'm going over the top there they're so specific mate and the role of somebody else is to get into this spot and to get into that spot so it misses that bit of feel but then it is more solid because you know it's going to be the same every single time mm. but some of those cutbacks and stuff could definitely be a thing but it, I think you mentioned Guardiola and how good he is at making adaptations. I would also say something that he has to fight is human tendencies. When you have a his, t- his own, or no, the people on the field. Because if you're if you're going through the process and it's taking a while, you, yeah, you nobody you get, wants the, to... you get the urge to rush it. You get yeah. the urge to, to you, you don't play. want to keep the ball just for the sake of keeping the ball. And you see how frustrated it gets sometimes when a centre back will just play like a long ball to someone, especially if it's not the right pass that he yeah. believes. But when you're standing on the ball for a long time, it's hard to just continue to stand on the ball for a long time. Oh, well, we were talking about that. With Diaz, the, yeah. Diaz, you must have noticed how yeah. good Diaz is with that because he doesn't mind it. Yeah, no, he, but he gives... Sometimes he sees a ball that is the right ball, mm. quote-unquote, but it's on the right ball provided someone goes for it. I think he, in the first half, he tried to play a diagonal to Gundogan, but Gundogan never went. So then Guardiola's like losing his mind on it. And you, you, yeah, you, I, remember, you, I remember that You know what I mean? You do, you do stay on the ball, but then let's... Pop it into the midfielders now. Like you see Haaland go on a run, you know he's not touched it for five, ten minutes. You're gonna try and play the ball in. And you think, oh, maybe if this this could be a great ball. But then if you play it and it gets cut out, it's not a great ball. No. Especially when someone else is free in a more conservative area. But I you think know, they'll be conservative. 
I don't. Who's I think. City? Yeah, I think in terms of their use of the ball, you know, you say fighting human tendencies. I get that. Yeah. I feel like this team at this stage of where they are now. I think they know with the patience. If anything, they'd not pass it to Haaland even if the ball is super. Yeah, Gundogan. We talked about the one. Gundogan did it in the final where they'd had a couple of attacks where the, the, nobody had had hold of the ball properly for a the spell of possession, and Gundogan got it in the middle, and Haaland span and run. And you could see the thought process was, I could just pop this over the top and he's in. And he went, no, no, yeah. keeping this. But he literally turned backwards. Yeah, think, yeah. but then find, zoom this forward to the final third now. When you've got the winger like Grealish doing something or someone on the other side doing something, Kyle Walker's had space to come on and overlap. You play Kyle Walker in. You're thinking, I've got, you just get the cross in. Milan, into Milan, I've got six players there waiting. So the cross all of a sudden isn't the right decision. Mm. I, I still, still I there. still think I can't I can't even remember when it was when Guardiola was talking about impatience. Was it even like the nineteen twenty could have been season when he was talking about when it when it doesn't work they were too impatient and they were rushing because that was the season they were just spamming crosses all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. And I, I I think they're well past that now. I we'll think see. I think it depends if you play with the two turns or if you play with one because the getting loads of crosses in sometimes like. It's like what it's a team is giving you something, mm. and if a team is giving you something, it's hard to say, well, we don't want this because the other option in terms of what you could have is like just possession. You know what I mean? And City want to win the game, and as the clock is ticking, it's just like you know you need a goal. That's the I thing. Think, I think they're fine. I think they're patient. I, I, listen, I, I don't think I don't think, it's, I don't think it's, I know like, you're not downplaying them. No, but I just no, think no, I've no, got no concerns all. about I'm that. Saying, but that his vision of what he wants people to do sometimes is very different to what happens when you, you're the one that's standing there mm. on the field and you see what you see. Because it feels like it's the right decision, but sometimes it's just like it's just not. It just goes against human nature. Mm. That's I think that's what makes him so groundbreaking. Some of the stuff that he wants is almost like having to detrain it from people's minds. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's your tendency. Absolutely. It's tendency of many, but instead it's like that's the wrong. Well, that's decision. what we said about Foden. Foden did the mix zone after City <laughs> beat Newcastle two 0 and you know Foden is Foden doesn't play in a lot of these games. He came on at the weekend for De Bruyne because obviously. If you're taking off De Bruyne, who's more forward-thinking and you know more dynamic, then you can bring on Foden because he's similar, and that's how Pep kind of sees it. He's not going to bring him on for Gundogan or Bernardo Silva or whatever, yeah. unless it's like they're one 0 down with ten minutes to go, and then you've got to. But Foden, after that game, is oh, in the first half we were attacking a bit too quickly, and that's exactly why like, yeah. he's retrained him completely because Foden, his first thought, get the ball, turn and, and run. But like yeah. even he's saying now, yeah. The other thing I was thinking, in terms of Inter's approach and. Not just the sort of stuff of you know is the is the is the wing back enough to track Grealish back or go forward or whatever. The fact that they do play with those two strikers normally when you see the really defensive teams against City. Well, I mentioned that Leicester example and it was Vardy, but it was only Vardy. There's normally one striker and then you've got another midfielder in there. But if Inter have got the two forwards and City get past that, unless unless they're both super defensive or one super defensive as well. But then what's the value of let's say Eddie does- Zeko dropping into midfield? He's a body, but he's not. He's not going to track a runner. You know what I mean? Like the fact that they've got two strikers. If they do do two strikers, that might be a bit of an advantage for City. Just if you can play around them, then mm. um, it's still going to be compact back there. But it's not I'm, the same as when City play. Yeah. You know when you mentioned Ivan Tony, they've got Boyan as well to play off him. But normally teams when they go fully defensive against City, it's just one striker. I'm yeah. just I'm just looking at you. Palace are the example that I always think of of how they spent the time cutting off that space to Rodri. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering how the dynamic of two strikers in there changes that. No, I, th- I, think, well, cause I, think, yeah, I think you can do that because ultimately City would be the same because City would probably press with De Bruyne and, and Haaland. So they've got two in effect and then the, they've got 4-4-4 four, four, four when, yeah. four, four, when they haven't got the ball. So I guess it would be similar because you could use those two to you know, shield off that, that ball into Rodri. Mm. Or maybe, you know, press the centre-backs and cover Rodri and then you've 
But then you'd need the two central midfielders from Inter to push up on Gundogan and De Bruyne. You could, could do that in the same kind of way. I can't say I've got a full 3D map of how they're how that's where everyone's yeah. going to be. Just, but I think it depends. Depends. I think who, you can do that. It depends two. who the midfielders are that support the two strikers. Mm. So at Wembley, you had the two forwards for United, but then you had Fernandez and Eriksson in the mix as well. So they basically had like a flat four. And what City were allowed to do is move the ball to the left and right centre back, and that's fine. And I think the nuance from uh, United, though, was the fact that then the next line of midfielders were both man-marked. Yeah. And off the back of that, uh, Wan-Bissaka and Shaw could get tight to the wingers. With playing a back five, the question is, like, if City can play out to those, say, left and right centre-backs, whoever they may be. Mm. Diaz and Nikanji, shall we just say? Because then obviously you've got, you've got stones to go in as well, because that's yeah. another midfielder for that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's walking there. But... There's in the three, the three centre backs. Diaz was turning, was in the middle, wasn't he? So it's a Kanji left. Yeah, Walker, Walker left was Diaz. Three, uh, yeah, but I suppose yeah. you got the option. I guess the Walker could just could just start the halfway line, push up on the halfway line. Yeah, he could do, he could do. But yeah, so if you imagine, just assume it's that, yeah, like yeah, playing yeah, out yeah, of the back yeah, three, yeah, yeah. and you've got Stones and Roger in midfield. If they want to close up the middle, then the space goes to those two people, the left and right centre back, excluding the centre of mm. of them. Well. Can is it going to be the wing back that sticks with Grealish on the left? Is it going to be the wing back that sticks with Bernardo Silva, whoever on the right? Because if it is, then the numbers game doesn't won't fully add up for for Inter because Gundogan will be floating around because De Bruyne will be floating around, and who's going to be the ones that come and get to them if they still want to close up the midfield as well? So that's something that could play into City's advantage. Yeah. Whereas I think for you know, against United, them playing like it's like almost like in some ways like a four-two-two-two or whatever. That was actually quite tough to play through, especially mm. in that first half. But Inter won't do that. And that three, will they apply the same pressure up higher? Maybe not. Will it be a wing-back coming to affect something? Not sure. But if the wing-back comes in centrally to try and defend something, then you're playing against the back four. Mm. And if you're playing against the back four, there'll be more space. Mm. And as a consequence, you'll probably be happy with that. It might, it might be one of those games where, if we're talking about back three, it might be Edison. And you do push Walker on, and Ed and Edison's in the middle of it. Akanji to his left, Diaz yeah. to his right, and then you've got other men forward in terms of that numbers yeah. game. But it depends. But it depends how much they're engaging. Yeah. Because if they're not engaging, there's no point. In having... Well, Edison, to be fair, if you're talking about having the ball for a long time, he's happy to you do can say that. Edison. I mean, look, there's a million things that he could do that we'd never even consider. But he, it's possible for Edison to bring the ball out. Th- if they're not engaging, just keep yeah. bringing it up the pitch, mate. I just, just keep going. But it'd probably be Diaz for that. I, I just want to see in this game from City not. I'm not bothered about them moving the ball quick and whatever. But at times when there can be speed injected into the game, I want to see to it. To do it, yeah. You know what to I mean? find that right balance. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's stretch them in behind, stretch into behind a few times to keep them honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but if then, Haaland's not touching it, and he, but if he is making those runs, then that's great. But if you yeah. if you try and find him at least, then that's really honest. I, I'd be comfortable if they put a few like balls down the side for Haaland to chase and then like one of the defenders gets there, clears it, and like doing the proper Italian high-fiving each other. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like it doesn't matter yeah. because they might get there first. But the fact is, it's forcing them to think about getting ready to run in behind again. Yeah. yeah. And the moment you're thinking about going if backwards, you, if you never, if you never make that, if he, even if he makes the run, you never make that pass. Then, then you're not expecting it to come at any exactly, point. Exactly. Yeah. Boy cried wolf. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But then you give him a few, and then before you know it, you can see the impact that that will have with De Bruyne, Gundogan's, and others to know that well, there's going to be something else here. You know what I mean? And then maybe you play one of those balls down the channel, and it works out. Except now they've gone and overcompensated, they've thrown two, thrown two players over there 
to just flip in and try and lock him down. But now look at all the bodies that are free. And again, into I think there'll be loads of goals in this game. Loads. I think there'll be loads of goals. And I think it just because wow. it's for both teams potentially, because Inter's, even though they have a back five or they have a back, they, I'll say they've got a back three, they don't have a back five. And they've got a lot of people, people that attack with six, that's not normal to have the two strikers mm. and to have Chalanoglu and Mkhitaryan behind that. That's a lot of attackers from the get-go. Dumfries is desperate to get involved and score. And if they play, which wing-back is it? Would it be Golston's or someone else? Like, Yeah, I don't think so. So Yeah, so these are attacking players. They've also got an attacking bench. So it seems like, you know, we're thinking, oh, they'll be really negative. But positive players find it very tough to be really negative and they'll want to get something from it. Well, that's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. If you subscribe via member four, we look at how key Kyle Walker could be in the final and we'll look at who we want to score the winner against Inter. That's all on the members' content. Those ad-free episodes are longer and out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, then email hello at lmtpod.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for at lmtpod. And on TikTok, we're at lmt underscore pod. There's plenty of content on those with Sam at Wembley for the FA Cup final and he's also going out to Turkey for the Champions League final as well thanks and we'll see you next time even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks Italian leather jackets and so much more And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.